Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. I am your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's episode is brought to you by my good friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Any listing, any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect has you covered with the world's most comprehensive refund protection product. To find out how you and your organization can partner with Booking Protect to deliver a better buying experience for your customer, more peace of mind in the purchase, and you and your organization can create a brand new stream of revenue for um, your business, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com. Once again, that's www.bookingprotect.com, the global leaders in refund protection. While I'm on the subject of Booking Protect and visiting them, you should know that Simon Mab, the CEO of Booking Protect, and me, Dave Wigman, will be in Australia on Thursday and Friday, the 14th and 15th of November, visiting the Australian Ticketing Professionals Conference. Um, you can find out a whole lot about the Australian Ticketing Professionals Conference by visiting them visiting them on their website, which is www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. At the Ticketing Professional Conference, you're going to be able to see me give the opening keynote about change. Simon's going to be talking about customer focus, uh, delivering customer service uh, digitally, um, how customer service can create and change your business and, and create new revenue opportunities. Um, it's going to be a great opportunity to engage and connect with me and Simon. Um, there's going to be some other great partners of ours and people that we know and love who will be there. Uh, this conference is going to be in Sydney during the summer. Uh, it's going to be a great opportunity. You'll be able to hook up with me and Simon. Um, so make sure you get your tickets by visiting www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au and as an added bonus, buy your tickets today, send me your um, receipt, your invoice, to my email address, davidavewakeman.com, and we'll put something together, a uh, special gift or some kind of surprise for you and your team, okay? Uh, and the more people that are on that invoice or that come from a team, the more likely is that I am going to come up with something even greater and more um, high impact for your organization, don't let me sway you, but the more people, the better the surprise I'll give you is going to be. So send me that invoice at dave at davewakeman.com. Visit www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au so that you make sure you hook up with me and Simon Mab when we're in Sydney in November. Uh, we're super excited to be there, and we look forward to seeing you. So www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. My guest today is... One of the two ladies that are running the the Ticketing Professionals Conference in Australia in November that I just went on and on and on about, um, Angela Higgins. Uh, I had Angela on because Joe, her business partner in this endeavor, was on very early in the podcast, and we have been looking for a good excuse to have her on the podcast anyway. But I figured since they have announced their keynote speaker this week, it would be a good time to have her on. So we talk about who the keynote speaker is. Spoiler alert, you may have heard of him before. Um, we talked about what they all the work that's gone into creating this conference, uh, where it was born from, some of the challenges of creating change and bringing new ideas to a market. Uh, we talked about the Australian market. We talked about customer service and competition. We talked about mentoring. We talked about um, innovation, impact, customer focus, dynamic pricing, social media, um, venues all kinds of great stuff it was a really cool conversation um you know i, I was excited to have angela on um, like i said um, she's announcing who the keynote speaker is spoiler alert it's me um i'm so excited to go um i was only partly joking when i said that simon and i talk about this every week it's probably twice a week um, we're both excited to be going down it's going to be an awesome conference uh, angela and joe are both just phenomenal people and i wanted to introduce angela to my listeners and i wanted to introduce the conference to everybody because i think it's going to be great i think there's a lot of opportunity to learn engage and for people to grow um, so without any longer of an introduction. Here's my conversation with Angela Higgins on the Business of Fun. I want to welcome a very special guest to the Business of Fun podcast. It's Angela Higgins. Angela, what's up? 
Hi, Dave. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Now, I know that you were coming on to talk about your conference that you're putting on with Joe, Michelle. And the rumor is is that you have um, that you have a keynote speaker that's going to be there. <laughs> and it's um, somebody that people may or may not have heard of before, especially people who listen to this podcast. Who is it? Who, who's going to be talking? <laughs> well, thanks, Dave. Look, we're, we're very excited. We've made, we've made an announcement this yeah. week. It's um, a little late. Like, I, I've already let the cat out of the bag a few times. <laughs> we have. Look, we're really excited by the, um, by the response that we've received to our announcement this week that you will be coming down under to give the keynote address at the Tipping Professionals Conference. Um, I think you can probably talk a little better about um, what, what people can expect. Well, if they've listened to this podcast, they almost all know what to expect. But <laughs> I, I, first off, I have been like teasing the thing for weeks because I am so excited <laughs> that you, you thought of me to ask me. And I was like so flattered. So thank you so much uh, for, for inviting me. I, mean, I, I can't say how, high, you know, how excited I am. And I know that um, my friend Simon Mab, who's the CEO of Booking Protect, is coming with me. Um, and I, if I don't hear from him at least once a week about it, um, <laughs> how, how excited he is. We are both super excited to come down. And um, I was really, really excited about what you talked about um, mm. as an idea for talk to discuss at the conference, which was about the idea of change, right? And I know that yeah. uh, I have been joking to this point about if you listen <laughs> to me, you know what I'm talking about. But change, because change is a constant. Right. And mm -hmm. I think the, the, the working title for what I'm going to do has been called The Courage to Change. Um, but mm -hmm. change has been something that's been on my mind, um, I think, for my, most of my career, if not the entire career, um, even though there was probably a few years early on where I did, wasn't that thoughtful about these things. But mm. what has, has changed to me has always been kind of clearly defined by this quote that I remember from about 1995 when Pat Riley, who is a professional basketball coach. Uh, he was the coach of the Showtime Lakers and the um, Knicks, New York Knicks in the 90s. He came to the Miami Heat. He said, the um, change is the only thing in constant in life is change. And when mm. change rears her beautiful face, you embrace her. Because without it, you have nothing else. And that's always been my sort of viewpoint on this. Um, and what I found out over the past couple of years when I've thought more completely about change is that it isn't that people are necessarily afraid of change. It's a lot of times they don't mm. know where to start. And mm. what I hope to deliver when I give my talk is I hope to give people just a few tools, a little inspiration, and um, a little courage to take action. Take just one small little step to get them moving in towards a better future. Because mm. the standing still and waiting for um, the, the world to change around you and then figuring out what you're going to do from there it's a dangerous thing to do, um, and it likely mm. is one of the reasons that a lot of organizations, a lot of businesses, a lot of people find themselves in really, really challenging circumstances. And if I've had any success in my life, it has been because of my ability to be proactive in changing. And so that's that's the message I want to bring down. Hopefully people will like it. Yeah, that's that's terrific. And as I said, we're we're excited. As as you know, we have been talking about this for quite some time now. It's um, it been almost two years of discussion to to get um the the conference up and running and um, and and two years in the planning, uh, and I think that's you know it the the topic that we've that we've discussed um is i, I think it, it suits the conference really well because what we're what we're trying to achieve um with the ticketing professionals conference what we will achieve with the ticketing professionals conference is to start to have discussions that we might not otherwise have um in Joe Michelle, uh, my, my business partner and i had been attending a number of international conferences where these where you know incredible innovation was was being presented, um, new ideas, new technology, and and lots of wonderful discussions happening, um, but they were happening on the other side of the world. And you know, in the Australian market, we are we're geographically isolated, and we're in a time zone that's a little strange. I mean, right now it, it's sort of the crack of dawn here in Sydney, and I'm speaking to you. It's uh, late afternoon in in Washington, so uh, you know our, our, the conversations are often often happening um, you know in different time zones and and. Uh, you know, conversations with with people on the on the other side of the world. It can, so 
as a result, sometimes new technology and new ideas can be slow to hit our shore. And uh, well, when we, when Joe and I were attending these international conferences, we would meet with organisations that had great technology that could solve a problem that we were facing in Australia, even though we are <laughs> further away. We're facing exactly the same challenges or similar challenges to a lot of organisations that were in attendance at these conferences. Um, but without a forum like the Ticketing Professionals Conference, there wasn't really uh, a, a place for these companies to present these ideas and to present these solutions. Uh, and so, a, a lot of them were, were saying to Joe and I, "Oh, great! You're from Australia. We want to, you know, we want to come out to that market." Where's the where's the forum like this? What's the conference that um, that that we should come to? And we and and Joe and I were like. We'll get back to you. <laughs> um, and so we are really excited with the response that we've seen so far from um, a lot of these organisations. They're making the trip down under. And we've been told specifically to put the conference in the Australian summer so that everyone can escape your your European, your Northern Hemisphere winter and come, come down under for a I'm a huge fan of the timing of this thing. I, I, I right? must be honest because <laughs> the weather in November has been bad, long, usually long enough that I'm like going oh, there's got to be someplace nice I can go. <laughs> yeah. So that was a very deliberate um, move by, by Joe and I to ensure that we can uh, we can attract the kind of international uh, organizations. Also, and, don't uh, lie to us. You're, li- you're lying to my audience, too. It's also so we can throw Joe a big birthday party. That's right. That's right. Let's not kid ourselves. Come on. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, there'll be a, there'll be plenty of celebration. The opening day of the conference happens to be Joe's birthday as well. So she'll be mortified that I'm um, that I'm <laughs> I'm discussing that with you right now. Well, I do that to her too uh, privately, so it's okay. We we, we she's getting it com- in private and in public, so it's like she's got to get used to it. Excellent, excellent. So yes, there's a lot of planning going into into that as well. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it's a really great idea, and uh, of course, mm. like you know, the, by traveling to all these international uh, conferences, that's, that's how we met, and you know, and, mm. and it is great, and, and it is often one of those things to me. It's, this is, this is going to be the second time that I've had this conversation today, which will be no less than the fourth time I've had it this week, where which is like all meeting all these people from all over the world and exchanging these ideas, um, and having the the capacity to, to impact people in you know time zones that are you know where it's saturday Mm. morning and it's friday night where i'm at is Mm. one of the really really truly great things about doing what i do now and what you do right which is like i I, you Mm. know it's like i I have friends all over the world and to Mm. be able to help them and share ideas with them so that they can do that have have better businesses and and you know make people happier it's, it's an unbelievable opportunity. And, and I think, you know, so I'm so proud of what you and Joe are doing. Yeah, yeah. Look, we're, we're really um, excited about it too. Joe and I were both really fortunate to have incredible mentors um, throughout our career. Um, and, uh, and those people were really, really influential in, in, um, in helping us to sort of develop our skills, but also in staying in the industry. Um, and we, we have discussions all the time with organisations that, that, you know, sort of say to us, you know, where, where, do you, where do you find your, your staff or where do you, you know, where do you find people with experience in, um, in, in, in ticketing or in, in certain aspects of, of ticketing? And, um, a lot of organisations want to to provide career development for for their 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 ticketing staff and their their marketing staff, um, but in you know in a lot of organisations, uh, unless it's a very large organisation, there might only be one or two people in the marketing and, and ticketing team. So, you know, who are these people learning from? Who's available to sort of mentor them? And where do they go if they really want to develop their skills? So these are the sorts of things that we're really excited that the conference will, will provide an opportunity for for people to to do just that, um, to to. Uh, to share ideas and and to and to also take advantage of, of ideas that are being presented there and and um, and, and innovate. So, yeah, we're, we're we're really thrilled with the the response so far, uh, and I think the fact that we started taking registrations immediately. We uh, we put registrations on sale a, a little over a month ago, and we're really pleased with the initial response. What we're seeing is. Um, 
delegates coming from right across the country and and some international as well, which is which is really exciting for us. Uh, but from coast to coast, we've got um, we've got delegates coming from really large organisations down to you know tiny tiny little venues, um, consultants. We have you know venues, ticketing companies, and um, and sporting organisations, cultural organisations, arts organisations. So we're really getting that mix of people that we've that we've been targeting, and we're we're thrilled um, with with that because that's exactly what we're trying to do: get together people who wouldn't otherwise have a chance to meet, and uh, you know, and share share problems and share ideas. Because I think you know, innovation. I, I was attending another conference where there was a talk on innovation, and um, and there's this great. Uh, opening that the speaker had and they said you know innovation doesn't start with an idea innovation starts with a problem and um and that's really i i've that's really stayed with me i think that's uh you know we good things happen when we are faced with an issue and and it, it requires us to to change and to innovate and so the fact that um we can get people together who've all faced problems and and um, had to find solutions means that we you know we can share some really great innovation that's come out of that. Yeah, I have been really really pleased with the different um, with how diverse the attendees are, right? Because mm-hmm. you know when you're talking about cultural institutes and theater, they don't always hang out with the sports people, right? And no. And one of the weird things is and. I don't know that people actually ever think about this unless until I frame it, right, which which I'm going to do right now for everybody, is the fact that I have been involved with the teams and I have been involved with Broadway and I have been involved with mm-hmm. cultural. And that makes me unique because mm-hmm. most of the time it's like you pick a path and you stay on it. I was, mm, unable absolutely. Pick, I was unable to pick a path is what the problem was. Um, but <laughs> So I'm really excited because I know that just from my own experiences that there's so much everybody can learn from each other, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, – it's a really great opportunity because the cultural institutions, um, I remember talking and I don't remember who I was speaking with at the Sydney Opera House a couple of years back, but talking about some of the experiential things that they're doing or were doing at the mm. time to keep the building fresh for, for millennials, right? And, and newer mm. customers who were really like kind of um, always looking for something new, like a different experience, mm. which is a challenge that everybody is dealing with. Mm. So to take the Sydney Opera House, which is one of the, if not the most iconic building in the world, and say this is a problem that we're having of attracting people because they become whole home about the experience, and taking mm. that and telling a sports organization, that should be like a eureka moment for them, like because mm. you're both dealing with the same thing, right? It doesn't mm. matter if you're a world, you know, one of the most recognizable buildings in the world, you still have to overcome the same problems. And if you recognize that your problems are very similar, then you talk about how you deal with them. And that's really, really powerful because as a marketer, I always say, Hey, look, you know, everybody comes to you with a worldview. It's expensive Mm. to change and it's unlikely you'll be successful. The great thing about that is though, is because everybody has a worldview and experiences and things that they bring to them. If I'm talking to you, right? I always learn stuff from you, right? And hopefully you learn Mm. from me when we talk is if I'm smart, I pay attention and I learn stuff that you, because you're seeing the world differently than I am, and you're bringing mm. a different set of ideas. And that's what I've really been excited about because there's such diversity of people from backgrounds as who's coming mm. to the conference. And that's, that's really exciting. And that's like a, um, a real testament to what you're building. Yeah, yeah. It's um, interesting. Yesterday, with a, we were sitting with a, a client and talking about um, you know a whole a whole host of um, issues that they that they were facing, and um, and I made the comment that there's not a single uh, production that we're working on at the moment, not a single person in the industry that I've spoken to who says, "Oh, you know what? We don't need to sell any more tickets right now. We, you know, our, our pace of sales is exactly where we need it to be." I think everybody was facing. A, a similar challenge in that you know we're all looking to to increase our sales to find to find new customers and to you know in, increase revenue uh, and what we've found is in the in in the last few years the the activities that we that we've done when, that have had the most impact when we've seen the biggest impact on ourselves is when we've tried something new and at the same time, the um, the activities and the and the um, and the times that, that have had the least amount of impact on ourselves was also when we tried something new. So you know, 
trying something new. Sometimes it sometimes it works. Sometimes you um, you, you find that that new idea it really really um, lands, and sometimes it doesn't. But if you don't try, you don't learn anything. And I think what was what we're able to do in the the uh, the times when it does impact is you can look at okay that worked how do we how do we use that or a version of that to solve another problem and when it doesn't work we know that well we've learned that that's um that, that that's not going to have an impact and we can save ourselves some time and be more efficient by just not doing that again um so the opportunity again for, for people to sort of you know come together and share the things that worked as well as the things that didn't work i think is a it's a really exciting discussion well, I, I think what you said is really, is really interesting to me, and it changed the question I was going to ask. Was it's <laughs> interesting when you find when you find stuff that doesn't work, and mm. I think often we, if we're on, if we're not careful, what happens mm. is we look at a failure as like of an idea as a failure, right? And it, mm-hmm. and it, it creates an environment where we go, we don't want to try anything else because mm. we failed. And I have this idea that I have been not talking about off and on for years, which was like the metabolism of change. And what, mm. it, and what it, that has meant to me and I think it's evolved is that you have to become comfortable with trying things, good or bad. Mm. Because mm. trying something is and having it work is great. Trying something and having it not work is just as great because you learn something, hopefully, about why it didn't work, right? Or mm. you learn something new about your market. So all experiences when you offer up a new idea are valuable, at least in my mm. opinion. And, you know, so like knowing that one of the things that you're trying to do through the conference is create change and, and create the opportunity for people to take actions and take new ideas and encourage people to think more broadly is looking at the the market in Australia, what are some of the challenges that people are dealing with as far as overcoming the hurdles of change? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So change is is definitely um, a a key focus of the conference. And um, one of the other themes that that, that we're really focusing on is the customer and um, understanding the customer and meeting the needs of the customer and um, and and in ensuring that we are in, engaging the customer in a in a really meaningful way um, we we have a few sessions on um, you know how to how to find your customers in an ever increasingly difficult it's increasingly difficult to reach customers we you know less people watching pay tv fewer people reading newspapers uh, fewer people listening to to the commercial radio uh, they were all particularly um, for the um, arts organisations that that I work with, they were our traditional forms of of uh, of advertising. That was where we reached our customers, and as we're finding they're less and less hanging out at, <laughs> hanging out less and less in those places. Um, how do we reach them? How do we engage with them? Um, so there's there's a few. Uh, sessions uh, that address that in in different ways as well so we're really excited to, to talk about that and we will we will be making some some announcements of um, of speakers uh, over the coming over the coming weeks uh, we've we're thrilled with the response to our the first announcement so we've got a few more to come yeah no we'll roll we're gonna roll them out well and I know that like we can't talk about them yet but the, the, there's one that I think um, we I would want to highlight and I'll probably continue to highlight it is that you said that there's going to be somebody talking about how to reach uh, people who avoid advertising. Yeah, and I think that's going to be really, avoiders. yeah, that's <laughs> going to be really, really awesome because I think that um, one of the challenges that people need to overcome is the idea that if I can't use the normal, and I, I'm using normal mm. in quotes here, the normal way of doing things, then I'm completely mm. lost. And so this is like the idea of advertising, advertisement avoidance. You know, that, mm. that's like as far away as you can get, right? Because I know no, nobody yeah. wants to see the ad, but like having a session about how do you reach people when they're avoiding you at all costs, that's going to be yeah. awesome. I mean, that's going to be great. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be in the front row uh, unless there's people who beat me there first because, it, I mean, I really want to know how that works because that, that, I'm like so interested in that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And look, some of the other talk, we, we you know we've been speaking to um, to people in the industry about what are what are the 
the burning issues. Um, what you know, what are the things that you want that you want to talk about? And two things that keep coming up for us, are, um, obviously, custom, after customer focus, is uh, dynamic pricing. How and and just pricing in general, how to price, how to how to price effectively and efficiently, um, and and for some organisations, how to get started with dynamic pricing. What does dynamic pricing mean? These are the sorts of um, questions that keep coming. Up. Dynamic pricing is always a really really um, popular topic and a hot topic. Um, and the other one is social media again, and sort of touching on this the advertising avoiders. If um, you know if our customers aren't. Uh, aren't consuming traditional forms of media, but they are on social media. How do we? How do we? How do we use that tool effectively and efficiently? Particularly as it is evolving so quickly. Um, so that so there there's a, there's a few sessions that we'll be announcing soon that really address those topics, and we think they'll be very heavily attended. Yeah, it's um, the dynamic pricing one. The more I learn about it, the more uh, fascinating it is. Because mm. and it's one of those things that when I worked with the secondary market in the States, that's just like sort of a mm. natural part of, the, you know, that's just sort of how I learned to sell tickets, mm. right? It was through, mm. through a lens of dynamic pricing. But what is available now to organizations, large and small, is should be a revelation, right? Mm. Because I know that if you, if you search back in the podcast to listen to Sean Kelly from Vatic, um, the examples he gives for cultural organizations – it, they're unbelievable, right? The return on mm. the investment is just huge. Um, but you should mm. also check out like what Derek Palmer is doing with uh, QQ, right? I mean, they're doing mm. some really, really great things too. They're, and there's so many different examples of, of how people can use it. So, I mean, it's it's really something everybody should be paying attention to. And I know that both of those, I, I mentioned both of those platforms by name because I know they both are trying to get, or working in Australia. And so like, people, mm. those, this technology is getting to you, right? Uh, yeah. Now that I'm getting there, it's all going to be there. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Terrific. We look forward to it. Well, yeah. But so I want you know maybe this is a good a good opportunity too because to talk about the Australian market uh, a little bit more depth because I think maybe people don't understand um, you know exactly what's going on. Um, Mm. You know, like you said, they're geographically challenged in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, You know, kind of you know far by traveling. I know that can be resist. People have resistance to this. I, for one, was not at all resistant. Let, let me go ahead and just put that on the record. Um, but what what else should people understand about the Australian market? You know, like if they're curious about coming down for the conference, or just curious about bringing um, a solution down there, or just curious about what um, what it looks like from a, from you know from a business point of view. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, the the biggest challenge for us, as as we're saying, is. Um, that we have a, a relatively small population, but spread over a really large geographic area. So, for you know, partic- I work most particularly in the um, in the arts and cultural side. So, when we're bringing productions to Australia, our clients are bringing productions to Australia. They face the challenge of of um, of the, the, the fact that to, to play a show in Australia, you really do need to play it in multiple markets. It's not like a Broadway or a West End where you can bring a major musical and sit it down and it sits in that location and plays for for, for years, uh, year after year or even month month after month. In Australia, the, we just don't have the population to support a show that sits down for multiple years in one location. You you might be able to play a show in Australia for for a, a year or two, but it will need to move between the major cities, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, and and Adelaide. Really, beyond that, um, there's not. A, the, there are a few sort of markets that are emerging that can support some of the major productions, but really, you're looking at five cities at. Um, at at the most, and they're really far apart. They're spread really, really far apart. Um, you know, to move a to move a production from Brisbane to Perth, I'm told, is 60 hours um, for a driver to um, to drive because they obviously need to rest. Um, so it costs a lot of money every time you move a production. So you're accruing a lot of costs to to mount the production in the first place, and then every time you move it from city to city. Uh, so that I guess that's that's the biggest challenge. Is 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 finding the right mix of how long a production can 
can play in each market because obviously every week that you play, you you accrue more costs. Um, and then, you know, how how quickly can you move between these um, between these markets? And then, are the venues available at the times that the times that you need it? So I think that's you know that's a big challenge that we are always um, trying to trying to solve in this market. Uh, you know that we the. Uh, you know, people people ask all the time. You know, what 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 does the market look like in Australia? You know, how are things selling? And and my response is almost always, it depends. You know, we have product here that's doing incredibly well. We have product that's that that's um, struggling to find uh, a, a market and, and and struggling to find an audience. You know, we have sellout concerts, and then we have you know we have concerts that that need a little help to get across the line. But you know, the, the exciting thing is that there. More, more, and more, we are, we are getting a, a, a you know a diverse array of, of product through here. We're getting uh, you know there's a, there's more musicals, there's more concerts, there's incredible sporting events that are that are coming to Australia, and we are finding an audience. the The challenge with that is you know the, the, there's talk of the the market being quite crowded because we are seeing a lot of a lot of product come through. The exciting thing about that for us is that you know when we are faced with these challenges and we we do have productions that are uh, needing to find new ways of of, develop, of 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 attracting audiences, that's where innovation starts. So I you know I think it's an exciting time for us. It's a challenging time for us. There's a like as I said you know there's a there's a lot of a lot of shows and a lot of a lot of concerts that are that are still looking for that that audience, and we're trying new things. So. I guess that's a summary. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I, it, that's a, that is a summary. And I think what people maybe don't realize or maybe don't recognize or just don't know is that the Australian live, live entertainment, uh, sports and all those industries, they really mm. punch above their weight compared to the rest of the world too because yeah. Australians consume uh, entertainment and sports and experiences at a much higher rate than the rest of the world. And it, mm. you know, to me, that's very exciting. And so, which brings up, you know, the idea of competition, right? Um, Mm. And I know that's one of the things that's on people's minds because there are so many things going on. The the challenge is like, how do you maintain, how do you stay competitive, right? Mm. And and you talked about it uh, with like some of the shows that you help bring to Australia is that the competition's really, really stiff. And it's a really Mm. big challenge of getting people into buildings. Um, I, I want to talk about one specific example that I don't know if you remember, we, we talked about probably a year or so ago, but you, you, you've used some really creative, um, packaging and pricing models in the past to help people you work with, um, overcome competition and help, you know, sell more tickets. Um, you know, how, from your point of view, you know, how creative and what are some of the cool things that you're doing as far as helping people overcome competition? Because I know that's one of the things that people were asking you about um, for the mm. conference this year is how to how to build a market and how to overcome competition. Yeah. Oh, look, there's uh, there's been so many um, uh, so many different uh, things that we have tried. Some some have, some have worked and some haven't. Um, but look, I think. Pricing is is an absolute um, is is absolutely key. Uh, you know, pricing your your shows effectively and efficiently, and adopting new pricing strategies, I think would be if if I was to choose one thing that's had the single biggest impact, it's it's pricing, offering a range of prices, um, using dynamic pricing and and dynamic price barriers, and and really flexing that. It has been, I guess, the activity that has has had the biggest impact on sales and in terms of volume and and revenue. But on each production, that that takes a different form. So uh, that yeah, I would say after after pricing packaging, we are, we are always looking for the the best way to um, the best way to do that and again it, it, it's constantly changing how we how we work with the travel industry I think to, if I'm looking at what the prop, the biggest problem that we're trying to solve right now is how we work better with the travel industry to provide package solutions for customers who want to travel uh, you know we have uh, events that might only play in in one in one city, uh, the Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo is, is a great example of 
of this where we have this incredible um, iconic event that's coming to Australia and but it's only playing in Sydney. Um, so how we work with the, the travel industry to allow, uh, you know, customers from all over the country and, and, and from, from all over the, the Asia-Pacific region to, to, to access inventory and, and meet their travel needs as well, accommodation and flights and, and, what, and um, you know, whatever else they need in order for them to, to attend this event. Um, that has, again required us to to be innovative how do we how do we work with these organizations to ensure that we're meeting their needs so they can meet the customer needs and really extend the the marketing reach of um of the the production by by working with partners who can help us reach these audiences so i think that that's something that we're we're most particularly focusing on right now is um is finding a travel solution there's some great examples of how that's done overseas um and you know as is often the way with with innovation or you know when you're trying to find a, a solution to a problem you look to see if someone else has already solved this for you there's some great examples that we've seen overseas um and some organizations that we're talking to who um who can help us with that I call that lovingly stealing from others. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and I do that. Uh, and it's funny that you brought that up because I am working on something right now that is um, going to require me to lovingly steal ideas from all over the world right. and, and, right. along the same lines. Um, but, what, but one more thing I want to bring up is because it's come, kind of been a thread here throughout all the stuff we've been talking about. And I know it was, again, like as I was making notes about what we were going to talk about and what people have brought up to me so far, is the need, I guess, I don't know if it's a need or if it's a desire or if it's a need and a desire or um, exactly how to frame it around customer service and the ever-changing tastes of the customer and mm. the need to always reinvent the way that we serve customers. And I know that's mm. been on your mind. Um, yeah. I have started to do some surveys and some questionnaires that I've been sending out to people I know in Australia. And customer mm. service keeps coming back over and over and over again. Yeah. I know that it, it, it's a big thing everywhere, right? And I, I, I know you're familiar with my line, which is that customer service is the best form of marketing. Um, mm. And my belief in that. Um, what seems to be, you know, is it just a understand? I guess, how do I want to frame the question is, is this focus on customer service a recognition of the need and the value of customer service as a marketing tool and as a way to uh, create a competitive advantage? Or is it sort of a um, coming about because of something that, uh, I guess, a break in the chain of the customer value chain? Yeah, it's a it, that's that's a really good question. Look, I think there's a, there's a number of things that are that are driving it. I'm on on any any production that we that we work on we find that word of mouth is the the single biggest selling tool whenever we do um uh uh research and and surveys into our, our audiences word of mouth keeps coming up so customers coming along having a fantastic experience and telling their friends about it is an incredibly powerful way to uh, to to drive sales um but there's you know, in regards to customers, when I, you know, having been in the industry for as long as I have, whenever we wanted to know something about our customers, what they were thinking, what they were feeling, we would go. The first place you would um, go to is you'd ask the box office or you'd ask the call centre because they were talking to the customers every day. You wanted to know something about customers, you talk to the people who were talking to the customers. These days, we're talking less and less to our customers, but in the in the um, particularly in the in the purchase process with so much of our business the majority of our business um happening online now online transactions are, are almost all we have these days and so we're, we're just we're talking less to our customers so finding ways to find the information that we need for our customers, i think in some cases yes that has led to a disconnect between the um between the, the organizations and, and, and their customers. If you're not talking to them as much, you just you know less about them. Um, so finding ways to find what the customer's expectations are and, and meet them is, is again, another challenge for us. And I, I think that that's um, a challenge for a lot of people because what you said is mm. like, oh, yeah, you know, like if you want to know what's going on with the customers, you go to the people who are dealing with them on the front line. Mm. 
that should seem obvious to people, but it, it often isn't. And so, like, that's interesting that you explain it in such a way that it's used to be like your default setting, but now you have to work really even harder. And this is Ooh. like this is interesting to think about as like I'm preparing to talk about what I'm going to talk about. It's because that is like a, a sign of change because it probably means mm-hmm. that you still need that customer intelligence. You probably mm. and you need it more than ever because you can't get it just from like as easily. You have to be mm. more creative and more thoughtful in the way that you're engaging your customers, which probably means that you're going to have to um, work harder on the ways that you find engage with the customers, right? Mm. You know, it's not just like, oh yeah, we'll throw out a survey, right? You got to be intentional in everything. So it's yeah. a a huge problem, I think, for everybody, right? Because the customers king. Yes. Now, yeah, the customer, absolutely. customer is king. And in that vein of the customer is king, let's go back to the conference for just a second mm-hmm. because I know that mm-hmm. um, as a way to help make sure that you have the proper number of quote-unquote customers at your conference, right? <laughs> Delegates, um, you know, uh, to me they're going to be friends when I'm done with them. Um, yeah. You, they, they better be. Um, <laughs> don't come if you don't plan on being my friend. Uh, is that you, You've had the opportunity to work with a couple of really great people and organizations, and they're going to have a, a, a few scholarship opportunities so that people have a chance to experience the conference, um, understand change, and take some of these ideas and some of these challenges and add their take to them, but also learn. Can you talk about the scholarship program a little bit so that um, – because I want to expose those things and I want to make people aware of them because I think this is a good way for um, people to be able to experience what you're putting together. Mm, yeah, absolutely, and we're really excited about this. And we will um, we'll be making the official announcement on our on our um, on the scholarship programs next week. But the I, um, make some news, Angela. Give make us some, some news. Come yeah, on, newsy. <laughs> so <laughs> we are. Uh, we are offering three scholarships, three places to people who may not otherwise be able to attend the conference. And it's a really important part of what, what we're trying to achieve at this conference. So, uh, and, and they're supported by three uh, incredible people in the industry. As I said um, earlier, Joe and I were very fortunate to have uh, incredible mentors uh, coming uh, as we were coming through our careers. And one of those was an incredible lady by the name of Pat Boggs, who if you've worked in ticketing in Australia, you will know that name. Um, Pat's an icon in the industry and was really the first person in this market to sort of do what I do, and that was consult with producers and work with them on, um, on how, you know, how to, how to maximise audiences and, and, uh, and sell more tickets. Um, Pat, uh, so Pat had two very famous sayings. One was, there are no problems, only solutions. And the other one was that people who never make mistakes don't do any work. And um, so those are two things that have stayed with me very much uh, through through my career. And so we are offering a scholarship in Pat's name. She's going to actually help us uh, select the um, the winner of the of the scholarship. But we're going to ask people to to um, make a submission and tell us about the biggest problem that you've faced and the solution that you implemented, or the biggest mistake you made and the solution that you needed to implement in order to to address that. So that will be one criteria. Um, then the the second. Uh, scholarship that we're offering is in the name of Tim Roberts. Tim Roberts was again an, an, an icon in the industry and for many years produced the Ticketing Professionals Conference. Sadly, um, about seven or eight years ago, Tim passed away quite suddenly and uh, and at the time the, the, the Ticketing Professionals Conference sadly um, wasn't wasn't able to continue for a number of years until Joe and I uh, got together and, and decided to, to reinvent it. So this Scholarship will be offered in Tim's name and supported by Stage Queensland, which we're really excited about. So there'll be details on on how to apply for that one on the website next week. And finally, we have a really, really generous uh, member of the ticketing community by the name of Linda Forlini, who, you know, is at um, Ticket Philadelphia and uh, and a board member at Intix. Um, Linda was hoping to get out to the conference, sadly won't be able to make it out this year, but wanted to give the opportunity, pay the way for someone else to attend. And she specifically asked that the opportunity goes to a newcomer, somebody in the first three years of their career. So a brand, we're looking for a brand new start uh, for somebody in the, in the ticketing industry. So Linda has very generously um, offered that scholarship. So 
we're thrilled that um, that we're going to be able to offer those opportunities to people who might not otherwise be able to to come. And I think that we should do a great job of promoting uh, Linda's as much as possible, only because mm. I know it will embarrass her. So we should definitely <laughs> go for that. <laughs> we okay. should go crazy on promoting that one because it will be embarrassing to her. Okay. I don't know Apologies why. Apologies in advance, Linda. <laughs> but we're very she, grateful. No, no. It's, I think it's great. I just know, like, I'll, I'll ask her to do something or, like, all the time she'll be like, I don't want that kind of attention. So I know it embarrasses her. Like, so this, like, having her name on it is, to me is great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, how can people? Where, where, where should we send people to find find out about you in the conference? Great. Well, the best the best place we have uh, is the Ticketing Professionals Conference website. So, ticketingprofessionals.com.au But we're we're also on Facebook and Twitter. So, find us there. And you can find uh, Joe is on Twitter, and she is at Joe M Michelle that with one L, mm-hmm. not two. And you are at. You're going to have to tell you. It's Ange underscore Ticks. Is that right? Or? It's um, Garn underscore Antics. G-A-H-A-N underscore Antics. Okay. I knew it was something like that. You, yeah. You, you put me on the spot. Um, and <laughs> I'm grateful that you're allowing me to come uh, and, you know, be such a big part of the conference. And I really can't encourage the people listening um, to come, you know, any more than I possibly probably will over the next four four months. <laughs> Um, but they should definitely look into it. It's going to be fantastic. Um, there's obviously going to be a questionable uh, opening keynote speaker, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he'll do the, he'll do his best. Don't worry. Um, and, and so I'm I, you know I'm really excited for what you're building, um, and I want to thank you for doing the podcast so that we can promote this even more. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Well, look, we appreciate. As you know, we're thrilled to to have you um, have you on board, and it's it's been as I said, two years of discussions to get to this point. So we're thrilled that we're we're going to be able to deliver the the, the style of conference and the and the style of um, uh, of discussion that we've, we really feel that um, will benefit the industry. So we're thrilled that you're on board, and we can't wait. Bring on November. Come on, November, indeed. What did you think about my conversation with Angela Higgins, and are you going to go to the conference? Send me an email. It's my name, Dave at DaveWakeman.com, with your thoughts, your ideas, your questions, your comments, whatever, uh, suggested guests, any kind of thing you want to. Um, as always, you can find me by visiting my website. It is my name, DaveWakeman.com, where you'll find my blog. You'll find all kinds of information about me. Um, it's just a great resource, I think, for people. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search my name, Dave Wakeman. I'll come up. You can follow me on Twitter, at David Wakeman. If you know the person with the at Dave Wakeman Twitter handle, tell them to give it up to me. I don't think the guy's tweeted since 2014. I need that. It's off-brand for me to have to use something else besides at Dave Wakeman. Um, As always, if you like what I'm doing with the podcast, I'd love it if you would share this podcast with one person a colleague or a friend who you think would benefit from maybe the conversation I had just now with Angela or one of the ones I've had with Martin Gameltoff, um, some of the ones I did last month with Tony Knopp or Patrick Ryan, any of those. Just share it with one person because it, it allows me to continue to deliver uh, great conversations and great content that hopefully help you uh, be more effective in your business. If you are so inclined, I'd love it if you'd become a subscriber to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We are on almost all, if not all, of the major platforms now: uh, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify. I can even pull you up in my. Uh, I can pull myself up in my car. It's exciting. Uh, and if you subscribe, or even if you don't, if you could leave a review, it helps make sure people find the podcast, understand that there's value here, and it encourages me again to continue to deliver these things. As always, I want to thank my friends at Booking Protect, uh, the global leaders in refund protection. I've only mentioned it about 50 or 100 times, I think, on this episode, but you're going to be able to see me and Simon Mab, the CEO of Booking Protect in Sydney in November, on the 14th and 15th at the Ticketing Professionals Conference in Australia, Sydney, right? Find out more about Booking Protect and how you can partner with them to deliver a world-class customer service experience, better buying um, and customization for your customers, And you can create a new revenue stream for your organization. And you can find all of that by visiting them on their website, which is www.bookingprotect.com. 
to get tickets to the Ticketing Professionals Conference, you want to visit their website, which is www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. As an added incentive, if you buy your tickets to the Ticket Professionals Conference in Sydney on the 14th and 15th of November, and you send me your invoice to my email address, dave at davewakeman.com, I'll do something special for you. I don't know what it is. Um, it, the more people you send to the conference, though, the better my surprise for you is going to be. Um, don't let me sway you, but it could be almost anything that I will do. Um, the more people you send, the bigger the prize is going to be. You know, don't miss out. You never know what I'll do for you. All right, so send that to me, Dave at DaveWakeman.com. I'm really excited for Angela and Joe, um, and I'm really excited to be for me to come and for Simon to come with me um, so that we have a chance to connect with all of you and to, uh, you know, see Australia, learn about what you guys are up to and gals are up to, um, see the Sydney Opera House, no doubt, you know, all of those things. So make sure you follow us, uh, connect with Simon at www.bookingprotect.com and make sure you follow along with the Ticketing Professionals Conference in Sydney by going to www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. Again, connect with Booking Protect and find out what they're up to um, and how refund protection products can add value to your customers and the customer service difference that Booking Protect has by visiting them at www.bookingprotect.com and find out about the Ticketing Professionals Conference in Sydney in November by visiting www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. And if you book your tickets, send me your receipt, and I'll hook you up with something. I don't know what it is, but I promise you it will be awesome. As always, thank you for listening. Until I see you again, take it easy.